Okay, uh, welcome to another edition of Culture Class Podcast, uh, the podcast where we get to interact with people from different backgrounds, get to find out about other cultures and how they do things in other places all over the world. My name is Nosa Yari, and today I have another guest. Uh, welcome, Abby. Thank you for having me. How do I pronounce your, your last name? Rosenblum? I know. I was just thinking I should have told you that before we started. Rosenblum. <laughs> Rosenblum. Okay. Yeah. It was close. So. Everyone says bloom. So, you know, it's a hard one. <laughs> There's no E at the end. It's Rosenblum. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, well, uh, thank you for being here. Uh, how's your week been? How's everything? It's been good. Um, when, on my way here, I actually had a really great conversation who wants to with someone who wants to work with me. So it's always fun to, you know, like hear other people who are passionate about helping people find love and matchmaking and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we're obviously going to get into all that uh, in the course of the episode. What you do is pretty interesting. Uh, especially in today's world. Uh, depends who so, you ask, right? <laughs> I guess I guess so. it depends who you ask. But um, for those of you listening, Abby is actually a professional matchmaker. And we're going to go into that in detail about what she does, you know, how you can reach out to her and all that good stuff. Um, but when I actually, like, reached out to you, I was like, oh, okay, this would be cool to have. I never knew that we'll get to record uh, during the week of Valentine. As I was supposed it's perfect. To, yeah, right? <laughs> We're supposed to record this, I think, sometime in January, uh, but we rescheduled once or twice, but it's good to have you here. So we're recording this February the 11th, so about three days to Valentine. I'll yeah. probably be publish this about three or four days after Valentine. So good timing. Perfect. Still in that post-Valentine's glow or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I guess, I guess, right? Is, is it fair to ask what, what you guys, so Abby's actually here with her fiancé, Kevin. Say what's up, Kevin. Hey there. How's it going? Yeah. Everyone. What do you guys have planned for Valentine's? Well, how how much details can you guys spill? <laughs> so the funny part is that both of us actually decided to do something on a different day, just because Valentine's Day is so you know, it's so hyped up, and you know you could go to an expensive fancy dinner, you could do that whole thing. Yeah. So we are making dinner at home. Oh. And hopefully going to make dinner together, mm-hmm. even though I'm usually the one who cooks. And, um, <laughs> Kevin, you can't cook at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know, it, it gets interesting in the kitchen sometimes. I'll, I think uh, this this weekend when we uh, cook for Valentine's Day, I might try to surprise her with something. But yeah, historically, Abby is a much much better cook than I am. Okay, that's pretty. That's yeah. a pretty interesting take. Like not. <laughs> waiting for February 14th to actually celebrate Valentine, but like picking like yeah. a couple of days before, a couple of days after. Yeah, that, totally. That and what I always remind him too is that, you know, every day is a great day to buy me flowers. So right? guys, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, guys, take notes. There's no day that means you, yeah, you know, it's not just one day to buy flowers. Here, every here. day is great. You're here, you're here. here. Okay, before we get into all that stuff, let's talk about you a little bit. Talk to me about growing up. Um, From what I understand, you grew up in Colorado, actually, so you're a local. We're recording this podcast currently in Aurora, Colorado. Well, talk to me about growing up. What are some of the fun memories uh, you had growing up? How many siblings do you grow up with? Uh, What were some of the movies you watched? What were the books you read? I want to get a sense of who Abby was as a girl. (laughs) So I grew up in Denver. Mm. Um, you know, I have the native bumper sticker to prove it. It's even kind of peeling off. So I feel <laughs> like super legit. Wait, let, <laughs> let me stop you there. So what is the native bumper sticker? For those of yeah. my audience listening to this from Brazil or whatever, <laughs> what's that? So for some reason, I think it's probably because so many people moved to Colorado because it's such an amazing place. Um, that a lot of people have bumper stickers that look like the Colorado license plate and they say native on it. 
And of course, when I got my car like nine years ago, it's an old car now. I was like, I need a native bumper sticker. And, you know, I think natives in Denver and natives to Colorado have kind of like a pride. Like you're yeah. proud to be from here. Preach. Yeah. Are you from here too? I'm not from here. Okay. So I I think I've been here for what, five months, six months? Okay. So, I'm, so you're earning your natives. I am. <laughs> Talk to me for the years. <laughs> so yeah, there's like an interesting pride about being from here. And I think you see those stickers kind of around. Like when I mentioned it, you might have known what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, um, you know, I think being from here, every time I've lived somewhere else, I've always wanted to come back. Oh, how many so, other places have you lived? So I went to school in New York. I went to Syracuse, okay. in good old upstate New York, the snowiest city in mm-hmm. the country. <laughs> Another Syracuse grad over there? Yeah, Syracuse grad. Alex just uh, screamed from <laughs> back now there. Now she's got to get into the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she will. She will. Uh, what was that difference? Like, going? I moved here from D.C., and there's that mm-hmm. dynamic between East Coast, West Coast, right? I, I always joke that when I moved to Colorado, I felt my life expectancy shoot up. Like it's just you automatically become healthy, right? Yeah, it's a whole lot different from the East Coast. But you went to New York, New York. That's as East Coast as it gets. Yeah. So what's uh, what's what are some of the differences between living in Colorado and living in New York? Yeah, I definitely noticed like right when I started school, even though I was upstate, so not totally you know the grind of New York City, but I definitely noticed the vibe was different in that you know like when I meet someone for the first time, I just want to give them a hug or things like that, and I, people would be like, oh, handshake or. <laughs> You know, and I think I definitely was brought back down to earth a little bit of like, okay, not everyone wants to be your best friend and not everyone says hi to each other on the street like Mm -hmm. they do in my neighborhood in Denver. (laughs) So, you know, it was definitely interesting going there and kind of seeing the difference. And um, I lived in New York City for a summer and that was definitely a culture shock for this uh, little Denver girl. Oh, wow. (laughs) So where where exactly did you grow up in Denver that were... The place I was trading hugs and kisses and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Where exactly was that place? So I grew up in a neighborhood called Hilltop. Oh, okay. Um, for people who are in Colorado, if you know the Cherry Creek Mall, it's just east of there, and it's pretty close to where we are now. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it was a pretty wholesome neighborhood. I went to the elementary school right in the neighborhood, walked to school, and, you know, did that whole thing. Um, I have a younger sister, and so, you know, we are just under two years apart. So we were very close in that we fought all the time, but we also love each other a ton. Oh, okay. So, you know, I don't know if you have siblings, but I do probably (laughs) understand. Yeah, I have a brother who's like a year and a half older than me. So I understand the fighting part, which is, I think, a little bit different from your kind of fighting. (laughs) The girls, it's different. You know, it's like, you know, we were so close in age. It's like we might be interested in the same guy or we have the same friends. And so that was always a fun dynamic. So (laughs) what, what, Colorado back, say, 10, 15 years ago and mm-hmm. compared to now, what what were some of the fun memories? You talked about walking to school, but what, what were some yeah. of the fun things you did as a kid? Did you get to go to the mountains? Did you do all that outdoorsy stuff like as a kid? Did your parents yeah. involve you in a lot of activities, that kind of stuff? So many activities. Okay. Um, so I started skiing when I was really young, you know, as us Coloradans do, because it's so close, you know, for people who are listening who don't know, it's like an hour and a half just to get up to the mountain, yeah. I mean, depending on traffic. Yeah. But when I was a kid, there wasn't as much traffic. I mean, there still was some, 
But, you know, every Saturday, pretty much from January to March, my dad would take me and my sister. Sometimes we'd complain and would have to be bribed. Every take us Saturday. up to the mountains. Every Saturday, wow. he'd drop us off at ski school and then he would go ski and do his own thing and then pick us up at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, I have fond memories of doing that and driving up there and we'd play car bingo, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and it was funny, I was actually telling Kevin, my fiance, who's here the other day, about how my dad, um, he was a stay-at-home dad when I was really little, mm-hmm. and he would put me and my sister in this little red wagon, and we'd walk down with our dog Higgins to Cherry Creek, Cherry Creek North, there's a bunch of shops and stuff down there, yeah. he'd take us to the library, read us a book, so wholesome, see? Wow. And then there's a hot dog stand outside of the library that we'd always go to, and we would, you know, demand hot dogs. <laughs> okay. so that's a pretty wholesome like upbringing pretty pretty interesting stuff yeah. I, I was trying to like look for areas when did you realize like and this is leading up to what you do right now so mm-hmm. you own or you found that a matchmaking service called the social yes where you kind of like uh, match people professionals who are looking for love how did you get there? Was it the time in New York? <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened leading up to you yeah. uh, finding that? It's company? funny because like, if you asked me, honestly, I've, I've been doing this for a year and a half. If you asked me two years ago, I would have no idea that this would be what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, it kind of just happened and it just like felt right. So I invested in it. And I know that sounds kind of weird because a lot of people are like, you know, I know I also have a background in journalism and, you know, for that, like I went to school for it. I planned it. I actively sought out a job and moved up and, you know, made a career path. But for this, it was kind of like, you know, I started setting up friends. Um, I was actually initially running my sister's dating apps for her. And Wait, your sister's <laughs> dating apps. Yes, yeah, so she would give me her login. Oh, she was signed on to dating apps. No, she, she didn't create dating apps. Oh, got no, it. Okay. not yet at least. Got it, got it. But got it. Um, so I'd sign in for her. I would talk to guys and then I would, you know, set up a date for her. Wait, people do that? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else does this. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense now because sometimes I just feel like I'm chatting with a different person. I'm like, oh, why are you the person I was talking to yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. But you know your sister. You're pretty close, obviously. Totally. So, I mean, we I sound the same. If she was here right now and said something, you probably wouldn't even know the difference. We laugh the same. It's weird. Is, does she live here also in Denver? She does, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm lucky that the whole family is here. Uh, my grandparents and, wow. you know, it's really nice. Oh, that's nice. So wait, so you were like... Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, so your sister was kind of like, kind of what frustrated kind of like with like pig. dating apps? Yeah, okay. so she was my guinea pig. Then I realized, you know, after doing some more research, there aren't a ton of matchmakers in Denver, mm. and especially matchmakers working with millennials. You yeah. know, I think a lot of matchmakers work with people who maybe have been married for 20 years and are now divorced and are older. Yeah. And, you know, they never had to deal with dating apps in the first place. Whereas yeah. for me, I'm dealing with people who have only known dating apps and trying to show them there is a better way. You can meet someone in real life rather than through your phone. Through your phone. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that. I was listening to a podcast. So I listened to a lot of podcasts and I can't remember what podcast I stumbled on, but there was this pilot was talking about training. He's this like veteran pilot who's, who's flown for like 30 something years. And he went back to pilots in school to teach people how to fly. And he was trying to <laughs> explain, he used some technical terms, but was trying to explain to the students what to do if like a navigation device or something fails, like how to have a feel for where you are and like control the plane. And 
they couldn't comprehend or like, you know, this navigation system has been around for like 20 years. It's what we always know. We depend on the machine to lead the plane. Now, why do we need to know how to like fly the planes ourselves? Why do we need to learn to know how to have 100% control over the plane, which is kind of like the same with dating apps. Like yeah. this generation grew up, kind of grew up on dating apps. This is the way we do things. This is the way totally. we date. Some, some people might argue, why then do we need a matchmaking service? That isn't that a lot of work? Isn't that difficult to scale? How is that better than dating apps? So I'm sure you've met with like resistance, but why yeah. did you like start a matchmaking service knowing that there's a lot of competition with like dating apps out there? Yeah, I mean, I just thought like, yes, dating apps, I almost don't even consider apps my competition. You know, people that I work with, you know, I encourage them to be on apps as well. You know, I think it's important to use every outlet you can to meet somebody. Mm -hmm. And really my sell is that it's easy. All you have to do is work with me. And honestly, you tell me what you're looking for. You tell me about you. Be as honest as you can. And then you just show up for the date. You tell oh, me how that's it went. It? Yeah. Okay. You know, so it's that simple. <laughs> I mean, it is literally that simple. There's no like texting with anybody. There's no sending photos back and forth or Got trying it. to find a location for your date or planning a time. I do all of that. So all of those logistics, just they go through me. Through you. Okay. So let, let's let's start with a scenario here. So <laughs> okay. I'm Nosa. I want to go out with, uh, I don't know, Renee Zellweger or something. Oh, or, or, dream uh, big. Catherine Zeta-Jones <laughs> or something. <laughs> so you have a type. <laughs> she, she lives in Los Angeles. I'm here in Denver. I want to meet mm-hmm. her. I come to you. I'm like, look, I, I, I really grew up on Catherine Zeta-Jones and Renee Zellweger. I like to date someone like them. I want someone blah, blah, blah. What, what kind of, let me start from what kind of um, details you ask for when, when you ask for the kind of person I'm interested in. You ask for like um, what? you want that person to be doing like how old you want that person to be blah 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 what kind of details you ask for yeah all of those things and like a hundred other things as well okay so i meet with everybody in person so i think you know as much as i encourage everybody to find love in person and go on dates in real life i think it's important that i also meet people in person because think about how different it is like you know us talking on the phone versus being here together right now facts so you know i like to meet with people in person and a lot of what i do to match people up is like the vibe that I get from talking to you and, you know, getting to know you. So I ask everything oh. from, you know, your birth date, how tall you are to, you know, we'll delve into your past relationships and mm. what went wrong, what went well, what things do you want in a future relationship? Wait, do you sign a non-disclosure before this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, do, before I have contracts with all of the people I work with. Got um, it. I never share any of the information, even with um, dates or potential dates. Okay. So um, all the dates I set up are blind. Okay. So that's why it's also so easy. It's not like I'm going to send you a bunch of photos and you have to say, okay, like girl one, girl two, and girl five. Oh, how many meetings do you have with a person before you take them on as a client? Is it just one meeting? Uh, just one meeting usually. Okay. And what I kind of tell people is it's as much as me getting to know them and making sure they're a good fit for my group as, you know, they want to work with me. Got it. You know, because every matchmaker has a different style. And, you know, if that doesn't vibe with them, yeah, it's kind of nice that we both get to be selective. And there are so many people who are out there to help others find love that it is like a very interesting community that we're not super competitive with each other. 
guess that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. Especially the vibe part. Like, you want to know the kind of person and mm-hmm. immediately, like, does a light bulb bring your hair? Oh, I think this person might be a good fit for this person. Yeah. Uh, so you you connect that, you reach out to maybe like a lady, for instance, like, hey, you know, Renee, there's there's this guy called Nosa. <laughs> Renee, yeah. Renee and I are on a first name basis. <laughs> I think like he's totally, you know, your type. I think, you know, you guys match, you guys should go on a date. Mm-hmm. And she says yes, then what happens from there? Yeah. So um if I think that two people are a good match, I'll set mm-hmm. up the date, you know in a place that's convenient for both of you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't make you fly to Los Angeles necessarily. Like, oh, thank you know, goodness. maybe like somewhere you meet in the middle. You guys go to All Vegas right. for a date or something. Oh, we <laughs> renamed Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I'll right? buy, I'll buy that. You know, I usually don't do long distance, but for you, I'll make an exception. Oh, okay. Perfect. I'll call Brittany <laughs> after then. Um, so yeah, we set up the date. Um, you show up, you get the person's phone number and first name a few hours before the date. Okay. Um, just so that you can limit any Googling, stalking, anything like that. Because oh, that makes sense. We all know we're guilty of it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I use my real name on all my social media, so I can't, I can't tell you the number of times that a lot of people yeah. just say things I haven't told them. I'm on a date with someone and they're like, oh, but when you went to the park last week, why, or like, well, how did you know I went to the park last week? Week. You're like, oh God. You know, that, that kind of thing. Have you been Googling? So, yeah, I, I, I told, I'm buying into your service as the minutes go by. So, I love it. So, let's see. So, I, I get to the place like uh, yeah. an hour. Oh, I get the phone number a couple of hours before. Did they, or you like leave them to? I do am whatever. not there. You guys show up, you know, mm-hmm. you find each other, hopefully, based on the phone number. You let them know what you're wearing, where you are in the bar, the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, usually, I try to set up people at restaurants or bars where I have good relationships with, where you'll either get a two-for-one drink, a free appetizer, and just kind of get that elevated service. So, the you know, everyone loves that, to feel Love like it. you're getting taken care of. Love it. And Love to it. just Love feel it. like it's different than a normal date that you might go on from an app. Love it. So that means you actually have relationship with places, interesting places that you can send people on dates. And when they come from you, they actually get like discounts or like special treatments or stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. And this is kind of one of my goals for this year is to really grow that. And, Mm. you know, in it as a small local business myself, you know, I always want to work with other local businesses and promote them too, because, you know, we all kind of need to work together to build each other up and, you know, work against the big chain companies. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach. Okay, so what happens if, say, let's say best case scenario, we, we mm-hmm. hit it off, uh, we need to go on a second date. Like, yeah. does your uh, responsibility end there that, okay, I've matched these two people together, they, they've had their first date, they hit it off, they can go do their, the subsequent dates can be on their own terms, or do we get back to you? What what happens Yeah, so after that first date, I reach out to both people, ask how it went. Um, I usually do like 10, 15 minute phone call to really like debrief, figure out how it went. To Um, both people, separately. Both people, yep. Okay. Um, And then if both people are feeling like it was a connection, it was a match, they want to go on another date, I make sure that's communicated. Although usually they're probably already talking to each other. Um, And then in terms of second date, third date, and on from there, I am just kind of a resource for advice, locations, whatever they might need. But I don't plan that for them because I don't want to meddle really too much after that. Okay. Um, The only meddling I might do is if someone breaks one of my rules. I have three rules. Oh, really? Um, Let's hear them. Be open, be honest, and no ghosting. No ghosts. So, oh, that's a huge one. The ghosters. That's of that's the world. a huge. A lot of Caspers <laughs> out here. Like, yes. these with these dating apps, like it's crazy because 
like, and this is me, like, recording a podcast, right? So my, <laughs> my early, this is not even, like, dating, just, like, general conversation. So I, I reach out to people on Instagram, on Twitter, whatever, tell them, oh, I have a podcast, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I totally want to do that. Like, they make me do all this research about the oh, episode. No. I email them, like, uh, 24 hours before. I had to start doing that because before I wasn't. It was just, like, the day off. But mm-hmm. I had to start, like setting up calendar invites, like emailing them that I'll just, all of a sudden I'll be set up with my podcast equipment and they'll just text me, oh, sorry, you couldn't make it or something. Or oh my th- God. Those are for the ones that even have the courtesy to text. Some people just like, oh, nope. I just ghost you. That's so frustrating. And that's just like, you know, your podcast and you like, you know, a business. So, yeah. you know, I get that from a business standpoint. I get ghosted by people all the time. It's yeah. frustrating. But, you know, in dating, it's even worse because Maybe you felt like you had a connection with this person. Maybe you've gone on like five dates yeah. and they decide to just poof and you never hear from them again. You know, that's a terrible feeling. And especially to not have that closure, you're then you end up asking yourself, what did I do or what's wrong with me? I mean, you know, left on red or stuff like that. <laughs> but you mentioned something earlier. So you said you communicate with the people if it went well and if they, they want a second date. Yeah. What about if it didn't go well? Are you also, <laughs> yes. are you also supposed to communicate? <laughs> so I'm also the bearer of bad news. Oh, okay. Um, because, you know, my whole idea is to make this process as easy and painless as possible because dating can be very hard and very painful, mm. as we all know. We've all had those experiences. Yeah. So, you know, in that, I don't want anyone to ghost and I always want people to be honest and open. I always want to make sure that people know, you know, if they did something that wasn't so great on a date and maybe that's why the person doesn't want to go on a second date with them. Mm. Um, so I also communicate that, um, you know, any feedback that the other person allows me to share, you know, I always want to like, maybe, um, you know, the guy says, Oh, well, she just talked the entire time about real housewives of Beverly Hills and I just can't do that. Well, aren't you? So that's, that would be that's good one, feedback for her. Yeah. Now, you know? But that's one of your rules, right? Be open. Like, if I'm <laughs> open and I am who I am, like, this is me. I like the real housewife of Beverly Hills for some reason. <laughs> I just enjoy talking about that. I want a partner who hopefully can buy into that or has already bought into that. So yeah. am I then supposed to change who or what I am just because I'm someone else doesn't like it like oh no not at all and more what I mean by that is you know maybe switching up the conversation and asking Mm. what the other person's interests are got it you know I um have worked with a dating coach who has talked a lot about um the branching technique with conversations so it's like you kind of say something and then you hear their answer and you hopefully build off of that and you slowly build a tree through this conversation Got it. So, you know, with people who maybe just think, oh, I'm just going to talk about this one thing that I know a ton about. It's like, you know, you want to find out about that other person and their passions and their desires. And, you know, it may sound like a lot for a first date, but I think you can go deeper than just where do you work? Where are you from? That kind of thing. Okay, that's interesting. And and I'm actually like, my my head is just like doing some, I'm thinking about a bunch of things that, oh, that's a good service. Like, not just setting people up, but letting people know that, hey, you know, this person, they went out with you, but I don't think it'd be a good fit, blah, blah, blah. Call it the matchbreaker. So (laughs) (laughs) I I can can probably start a service like that. Hey, she doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Bye. (laughs) It's kind of like, do you remember the rejection hotline? Did you ever use that? No, I did not. Oh, my God. That's probably before my time. We're going to have to call it um, 
later. Well, we can do it after the podcast. I bet I still have it saved the in my phone. rejection hotline? So, okay. So, I used to use this. I will admit I will admit to it. So, it's okay. literally a number you call, and it's, like, some funny message that says, you've been rejected. What? And it goes into this whole thing. So, like, you know how this may be, so, like, you know, if a guy asked for my number, and I was like, ooh, I'm not in all day, I'd be like, hey, here's my number. Damn. Like, rejection hotline. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've learned. Cold. I've grown up. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> you might as well just leave the last digit or change the last digit or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've come up with all kinds of creative ways. And I should have just been honest. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like, honesty is the best policy, I guess. Um, but wait, talking about like dating apps, you say you encourage your clients to use dating apps. Um, what And you've explained how personal your services is are. And I can pick up on that like, in the restaurant, how they offer discount, take care of you, like, you know, you put in mechanism to avoid stalking, all that kind of stuff. That's all mm-hmm. good. What are some of the advantages you think, like, dating apps offer for someone who is in, I don't know, Oregon or something and doesn't have direct access to you? For people who are listening to this, I'm not in Colorado and yeah. still have to rely on dating apps. Maybe they don't have a matchmaker close to them. Uh, what are some of the, how do you properly use dating apps? Let me put the, yeah. close the question that way. Um, you know, I think, yeah, there definitely is like a right way and a wrong way to use dating apps. Um, I think the hardest thing about apps is that you, there's really no way for you to know what someone's intentions are. So I think that is like the thing that really sets matchmaking apart is that with me, you know, that anyone you go on a date with is ready for a commitment and serious about a relationship Mm. versus on a dating app, you're going to have to weed that out all by yourself. So I think if you're going to use apps, um, you know, you're going to have to spend a lot of time at it. So, for example, I met Kevin on a dating app. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? So, Can I ask um, which one? Yes, of course. If he's okay with me sharing. <laughs> yeah, <of course>. No. <laughs> so, um, we met on The League. Okay. Um, you know, it's one of those apps that pretends like it's more exclusive. It's not. It's all the same people that are on all the other apps. Hi, is, um, it, is it like a subscription service or something? Um, no, you don't have to pay. Um, you only get like three matches a day or something. Got it. And then that's it. So they kind of try to be a little different. You know, they all try to do some different kind of hook to get you in. Got it. So, yes, we met on there. It's possible, um, you know, and my client's like, oh, well, you did it. So I can. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You can, but it's going to take so much time and so much effort. And, you know, it's kind of like, are you willing to do that? Because you got to be really dedicated to the process. Yeah. You know, I went on, like, Kevin Plucker years, like 70 dates probably before we wow. met. There was, like, the summer and the fall of dating for Abby. We are, we are determined, man. I would have given up after, like, six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> but... And that's the thing, too. It, like, definitely is discouraging because there was probably, like, five people that moved on to a second date from all of those people. Wow. Because if you, cause I didn't have a matchmaker who could weed out all of those people who I wouldn't connect with or weren't ready for commitment or weren't serious. So what, what were some of the things that made you say, okay, this is the first and last date. I'm not moving on. <laughs> Um, you know, there's a lot of things. (laughs) Um, it just, it really depends. I mean, for me, and I think for a lot of people on that first date, you know, you can tell, do you have some common interests? Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, it's always like, do I feel comfortable? All the people that I feel like I have dated, it's like when I first meet them, I feel really comfortable. Got it. And, you know, in my world, something that really helps me in my job is that I kind of have that ability to make people feel really comfortable and they can open up to me and, you know, people share their 
craziest ex stories. We talk about their sex life. Like they share intimate details with me within meeting me for 30 minutes. Got it. So I always felt like, you know, if I don't feel comfortable around someone, because I feel comfortable around a lot of people, that's my first sign to get out of there. Get out of there. Okay, so it's more <laughs> like kind of like a feeling a little bit. Yeah, but of course, you know, there's deal breakers. Yeah, you know? sure. Like I probably wouldn't want to be with someone who is maybe shorter than me or, you know, who wasn't interested in living like an active, healthy lifestyle. Like, you know, a lot of Denverites Got it. would say, yeah. Okay, so back to the question, like, what are some of the things people can do, in, oh, in yeah, your opinion? We never answered this. Yeah, <laughs> like, to increase their chances of, like, getting yeah. with someone who's not, like, a total whatever. Um, I would say to, if you match with someone and you want to go on a date, do a phone call with them first. Mm. That is my biggest piece of advice. Okay, that um, makes sense. Because I think it saves you both time. Yes, you know, it's different over the phone versus in person. But you can kind of ask questions like, questions. let's say, you know, I have a good friend who will not date anyone who smokes weed like at all. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to ask that, you know, kind of as a message or without it coming off as seeming weird because yeah. you can never read someone's tone over a text. Yeah. So I gave this advice to her. Call every guy before you go out with him. <laughs> Oh, no, that makes sense, I guess. Very naturally in conversation. Some people don't like to share their phone numbers, I guess. Like, well, with... and if you don't want to, that's already a red flag, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I, I can't speak to people. Yeah. Uh, so some have, like, so people have given me numbers without me asking. Some people haven't given me numbers even though I ask. So, like, let's mm -hmm. just stay on the app, and if there's going to be a second date, I'll text you my number, like, after oh. the date. I'm like... Okay. Like, yeah, I feel like red flag there for sure. I, I don't know because I, I like you said, <laughs> I like to talk to people before I meet them. Like, yeah. okay, let's at least talk about ourselves. I guess you know, sense the tone of your voice itself, just like texting, especially mm -hmm. texting on the platform of the dating app. I'm like, oh yeah, up like, until how when often we do meet. You check it. Yeah. You know, I tell people it's like, do you want a pen pal? Because <laughs> that's what it might become. That's funny. And, like if you, you know, sorry, I'm I'm honest about this. You know. Yeah. If you are just texting someone on and they're not willing to give you their phone number, they're not willing to have a phone call. Yeah. They may not be real. They may be afraid of commitment or they may not be serious. So I would say, you know, an I easy guess. way to weed people out. I mean, unless unless you want a pen pal, keep them around, you know. <laughs> Got it. So how what what do you think is the right amount of time to like actually get to meet someone? So today's yeah. Tuesday. I'm starting to text someone. Do I like just immediately plan for the weekend, which is like three, four days away? Do I wait a week? Do I wait two weeks? Do I meet that day? Like what what do you think? I mean, I think depending on your availability, if you both have time, just plan the meeting. You know, the sooner you do that, the sooner you can figure out, do you feel comfortable around this person? Mm. Are you curious about them? Are you physically attracted to them? Do they even look like their photos? That's a really big thing, to, you know, with like filters and all of these editing tools that yeah. everyone can just download for free. You know, I could go on and make it look like I'm a size zero. Yeah. But really, I'm not. Yeah. So, you know, I think that in-person meeting is so important. Um, you know, if you're on apps, you know, my personal rule would be just use Matchmaker. But if you're on there, um, limit it to like five messages. If you feel oh, like really? you're interested in the person. That's a good rule of thumb. Hi, my name do. is Nosa. That's one already. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and ask them something like, you know, interesting. Like maybe, like, of course, your first message could be like, how's your day going or something generic. Mm -hmm. But, you know, see if there's something about them that interests you. Like a question I always love to ask people is, what do you nerd out on? 
Mm. You know, then you can kind of find, do they have any cool interests, cool yeah, passions? Yeah, I'll spend 30 minutes talking about podcasts. You, there you, you, go. you set yourself up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you shouldn't have. <laughs> and also, there's something, you know, really interesting that if you find out what they nerd out on, then you can talk about podcasts. And mm. you already have an interesting fact about that person. So let's say you get to five messages and you're like, I want to meet up with this person. Mm. Pick two options. So whether this is for men or women, say, I'm free Wednesday at 5.30 or Thursday anytime after 5. What works for you? Mm. The ball's in their court. Mm. They have to commit to a time or they're going to ghost and they weren't interested in the first place. What if they work on the weekend and Saturday is my day <laughs> or something? Well, then hopefully they'll say that. Okay. But I would think usually when you give people two options, I mean, yes, people are busy. Mm. But I think kind of give them the two options and just go from there. Mm. if they're like oh okay well I, I work every day that weekend then sure offer up another option okay but i think kind of giving people like rather than saying would you like to go out sometime it's easier to give a concrete plan Specific. Yeah. Of, okay we are going to meet facts. at this time this day or sometime in this time thursday facts facts yeah okay okay i, I concur i concur what about post first date now let's talk a little yeah. bit about that how much time <laughs> Do you say, wait, first let me ask, <laughs> what um, gender do you, comes to you more often than the other for service, guys or ladies? So women come to me like I don't even need to try to get women to come to me. Okay. It's really interesting. Um, you know, I don't really advertise to women. I honestly really advertise mostly to men. Okay. Um, and I don't know if maybe you can weigh in on this at all, but I think is you know, as women, we're more willing to admit when we need help um, and to ask for it. Whereas men, sometimes it takes a little bit to be like, oh, yeah, it would be nice to have someone to help me with that mm -hmm. and to not have to do this myself. Yeah, true, true. Uh, and <laughs> in addition to that, also, besides being, you know, naturally proud as men and having issues mm -hmm. with pride and all that good stuff, like most men don't just consider love and relationship as a serious enough decision to put that much effort into it like we have all this stuff to do we have like a career to think <laughs> about we have our business so we just leave like two percent of our effort and thought process to dedicate to love which might be like the opposite for women or you know other mm -hmm. genders uh, if correct me if i'm wrong if you're listening and i'm wrong feel free to comment <laughs> but you know it's pretty interesting how much time do you spend like um servicing that relationship post the first date do you get people calling you on like after they've been out for like three months that oh i just want to thank you it's been great or hey you know i didn't see this red flag or that red flag what should i do do you find yourself transitioning from a matchmaker to a relationship consultant or, or what they call therapist. a therapist <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing do you see yourself do that or you're like a hard stop at like the date oh you guys figure it out what do you do um you know i tell people i am always here for them to vent for any advice they need you know when people are paying me for a membership i like to kind of give them that whole package mm. and granted that's not you know i don't have formal training as a therapist or anything like that yeah. so i also have people that i refer to who can really give like better insight if i can't provide that oh wow but i also have like just tons of dating experience <laughs> yeah so i kind of pull from that and just all the stories i hear i constantly um, you know, educating myself so that I can help people too. reading tons of books 
and all kinds of things about self-love and love and relationships and the psychology behind it all. Um, it's really fascinating. And um, it's something that, you know, speaking of my sister, I want to get her involved with because she is a therapist. Oh, okay. And I'm like, hey, can you just come work for me? Oh, yeah. And, you know, talk to all my clients and help them. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty interesting. Like, yeah, keep it right. all in the family, right? <laughs> I know. It'd be kind of old school, like, like matchmaking. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, what are some of the funny, oh, you obviously should have had experiences, like, uh, can I ask about your numbers? Like, how many people have you, like, match made? Like, how many people have you Ooh. gotten together? Like, you've been doing this for, like, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. How many relationships? Have you had any weddings yet? No weddings yet. Okay. I feel like, um, you know, I have a couple that's been together for, ooh, almost a year. It'll be, like, a year in April. Oh, nice. So they'll be the ones, if it continues, maybe they'll get married. Hey, fingers crossed um, we'll get them on the podcast, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and for me, you know, so no marriage is in the first year and a half because I think, you know, I tell people before you get married, you should date through every season at least. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's important. Oh, that's a good rule of thumb. Know what they look like in shorts. Oh, wait, so I'm taking notes. So if you're <laughs> if you're using a dating app limited to five messages, give two options uh, when you're trying to meet. Yeah. Before marriage, date for every season. So that's for, that's like a whole year, basically. Yeah. Or a year and change. Okay, okay. You know, and I don't know how scientifically backed that is, mm. but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a good rule of thumb. it's Just, kind of an important you know. thing, you know? What if that person in the winter, like, totally lets themselves go and they don't go to the gym and you're like, whoa, now I see a whole new side of you. That or, makes sense. You know, you know, you're supposed to love them unconditionally, but of course there are things that are deal breakers. So, so how many people would you say you've like gotten I've you've matched? Um, ooh, like dates I've set up overall? A lot. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't have an exact number. It's something that I should know though. Um and something, you know, I've been working to put together more data on, you know, success and all that kind of stuff. And for me, how I measure my success just in these early stages yeah. is, you know, are people having positive experiences on dates? and a positive experience with the program, learning about themselves and, you know, enjoying it because hopefully, you know, it's taking some stress out of dating for them. And overwhelmingly, yes. You know, I think it's something that people in Denver really need and not everyone knows that yet. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think, you know, I wish I had an exact number of dates for you. Um, and right now I have like a handful of couples that are together and kind of in different phases of dating some that are on a second date some that have been together for a month and then the you know my one couple that you know we're together for <laughs> shout, shout out shout out to them <laughs> so right. why, why i asked that question is i was trying i'm trying to like get a sense of like do people come to you uh with issues that okay you know we've been together now like for three months but like i feel him slipping away or what do i do to spice up this relationship mm -hmm. kind of like a therapist right like yeah well, what, what do you think i should do what are, do you have like any tips like for people who have been going out for like say six months seven months they've blown through the infatuation stage they're, they're, mm -hmm. they've now come back to earth kind of like new york syracuse <laughs> kind of feeling <laughs> has setting what are some of the things you think uh couples who have been dating for a couple of months can do to like spice up the relationship or make it feel new again that kind of thing yeah um and you know it obviously depends on the person but just from my personal experience you know to keep a relationship exciting and you know to keep everybody interested you gotta always be doing something new 
you know, like maybe that's just trying a new restaurant mm-hmm. or, you know, for guys, um, you know, planning a date. Um, for example, I'm going to call Kevin out here and, you know, he planned. I'll give him the mic so he can defend himself. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, give him the mic, give him the mic. So, um, you know, he planned a really great date for us and it was our two year anniversary when we met because I'm weird and I love to celebrate that. And he planned like my dream date. Without even oh, I thought me. I thought I was getting called out here. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is a good call out. Like we went a couples massage, and then we went to a cooking class, and it's like two things that I love, and it was an amazing day. So it's like doing things like that, you know, even though that was like a bigger gesture, but even little things to just make sure that that person feels appreciated and loved is so important. Well, big up to you, Kev. I mean, she's mentioned <laughs> she's mentioned cooking twice now, right? Oh yeah. Her dream day was cooking. You guys are cooking for Valentine, so I, you know, the cheat code, right? Yeah. <laughs> cooking classes are a good date. They're uh, they're they're easy to plan and they're they're fun. Yeah, and I think well, food is the way to my heart. Obviously, um, the other thing that I think um, everyone should talk about, and couples that are further along in a relationship should definitely bring up, is love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you have heard of Do these. people I, I've heard about, you know, um quality time, physical yes. touch, love languages. Um what are the four love languages again? You're yeah. the expert. So, so there's five. So you mentioned two quality time, uh-huh. physical touch, words of affirmation, yeah. which would be like saying I love you, that kind of thing. Yeah. Acts of service, uh-huh. which would be like, you know, making dinner for somebody, making the bed, whatever that might be, yeah. and um gifts, which could be anything big or small. Does not yeah. have to be some grand gesture. Yeah. So I, I totally believe in that. I mean, I kind of like I'm a different person. I don't really believe in, I might ask, but I might take your answer with a pinch of salt. That's just okay. who I am. Because yeah. I feel like depending on the situation and depending on what that person thinks I want to hear, asking about things like love languages or sex or, you know, those deeper, I can ask, you know, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? All that generic stuff, but Mm -hmm. deeper things like that, I prefer to observe and see what that person likes or what that person wants. Because if you tell me you want acts of service and I just go ham on acts of service, act, act, (laughs) act, act. (laughs) That person might also like like physical touch or something else. And Mm -hmm. like I said, you know, sometimes depending on like her mood or something, this is my experience, like personally, no sense speaking, she might give me an answer that she she thinks I want to hear or, you know, something she thinks will be easy for me or something I've been alluding to instead of saying what she actually means. And some people don't even actually know exactly what it is. And some people are just able to communicate. So where do we draw the line asking about those deep questions like no sex, love languages? I guess you can ask if you want a family or not. That's kind of like generic, but... Mm -hmm. Where, what's the right balance between asking questions and paying attention? Yeah. Right? That kind of thing. Well, so I think the hard thing with love languages is even if you're paying super close attention, some people give love differently than they want to receive it. Mm. So you could be paying the closest attention and you could be noticing that she gives love through mm. words of affirmation and is always telling you, you're amazing. I love you. You know, that shirt looks so great, all these different things. Mm. But maybe that's just how she wants to give love. So I think it is a really important conversation to have, not necessarily first date, second date, maybe, you know, when you things are moving along and you're exclusive um, to just sit down and be like, you know, how do you feel loved? You know, what makes you feel loved? Because that can be a big miscommunication. 
if, you know, let's say my love language, so my love language um, is acts of service. Um, so, you know, I love when Kevin does little things for me. Like Gotta wash the dishes, man. <laughs> Washing the dishes. And you know. you know what? It does not come naturally to him. Got I it. love him, but it doesn't. Mm. So it's like he has to make that active effort to do that. And then, you know, I have to make an active effort to um, do his love language, which doesn't come as naturally to me. He has a few, but one of which is words of affirmation. Hmm. I think a yeah. whole lot of guys have that. That's my love language as well, like words of affirmation. I think mm-hmm. a whole lot of guys, because as men, it's tough out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough out here. Like uh, we have so many responsibilities. Like everyone, it's like, tough out here. Yeah. Even though, yeah, people say it's a man's world. You know, I agree. But sometimes, like men, don't get to vent, and sometimes you try to talk to your friend and like, yeah. dude, what are you talking about, man? Like, just dust up, move on. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. But you know, ladies are more like with their emotions. They talk to your friends. They cry yeah. together. They like come together, like press each other up. But I can't talk to my friends about some stuff. Like if I'm not <laughs> dating at the time and I don't have like a partner to discuss some of those stuff with, I'll just be like wallowing in my own like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's it's nice to always have like uh, mm-hmm. a partner that says, "Oh no, you can do this. You got this. You know, I've seen yeah. you do this before." Uh, those kinds of things, um, at least for not everyone, though. I'm just talking about myself particularly. No, I think it's true. I was actually having a conversation with a group of women the other day and how important it is to give a guy compliments. Mm. Because, you know, as women, we get compliments all the time. You know, other women tell us they love our shirt. They love our shoes. Where'd you yeah. get it? Even if it's superficial, it's like we do that to each other all the time. So, like, as women, we do need to build up men in a way of just saying like hey you know what like you look sexy in that shirt yeah and sorry not to be creepy or anything no just an example um (laughs) you know to tell guys that because you don't get that all the time so coming from a partner you know i think that is an important thing to do in a relationship have you had, so let me give you the opportunity. Have you had, what's one experience that didn't go so well that we, maybe like your earlier uh, parts of running your business, the social, that, oh, I never knew that would happen. Have you had like any negative experiences and any positive experiences, something that you could talk talk about? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of struggles, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I don't come from a background of running a business, so that's definitely been a big struggle of how do I price this? How do I make money? You know, kind of those more surface level things. But I think my biggest frustration is that I cannot predict physical attraction or physical Mm, chemistry. No one can. No one can. (laughs) And this is going to be a frustration that, you know, is something that I can't really overcome. Because I have been, it just myself, I've been attracted to so many different looking people. So it's so hard. And this is the most difficult thing about my job. If I could figure this out, I would be a billionaire. So, (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I know that's like a very broad thing. Maybe I can think of like a more specific story. But Mm -hmm. even if someone tells me like, okay, I want to date a guy who looks just like Bradley Cooper. And so I go out and I find the Denver Bradley Cooper. She may not be attracted to him. Mm -hmm. So definitely my biggest struggle there is how do you predict that? How important is attraction in a relationship compared to, I don't know, compatibility or mm-hmm. 
timing even. Let, let's yeah. stick with compatibility. There are Attraction so many versus variables compatibility. in a relationship. Mm. You know, I'm like, sometimes I kick myself for picking this as what I want to do because yeah. it is. it can be so frustrating of like, on paper, you guys are so perfect and everything lines up. Yeah. But then when they meet, it just might not happen. And maybe they had an off day, like you said. It yeah. could just be timing. So, um, okay, answering your question. No, I know that I did it, <laughs> did it initially. <laughs> Remind me what it was. Attraction versus compatibility. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, I think both are important. Um, what's interesting is I think for women, it's different than for men. Um, you know, for women, a lot of times we cannot be physically attracted initially. And then the more we get to know somebody, then we will be, that attraction will be there. Yeah. I think for guys, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, you know, it's more important to have that initial physical attraction. You're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. So for a guy, if you go on a date and you are just initially like physically not attracted to her, it's probably not going to work, even if she has an amazing personality and is like a great person. It might, but that's more, I think, how women work of like, you know, I've gone on dates with guys where I walked in and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. But then the more I talk to them, I'm like, oh, like I'm now attracted to how motivated he is and how caring and how he was so respectful of, you know, the waitress who talked to us and asked her about her day and little things like that. Got it. Got it. Okay. Do you have any, and we're, we're kind of wrapping up here. Do you have any advice for people who probably are not spending this Valentine with uh, their loved ones? And even on the flip side, people who are spending this Valentine with their loved ones. So, so people in a relationship uh, of some kind, uh, what do you think are some of the things that are important in, in this season of Valentine? And for people who are not in a relationship, what are some of the things you think are important for this season, them being alone to build themselves up to when they get it, eventually get into a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that Valentine's Day is, you know, obviously it's a Hallmark holiday. It's just a very commercialized thing. And, you know, I'm not going to get on my soapbox on that one. Yeah. But I think that even if you feel like I'm single and it's Valentine's Day and I'm going to die alone, if this I'm is you, if you're listening, because I hear this all the time, everyone's just like, oh, I'm just going to be single forever. The first thing you need to do is think about self-love. You know, maybe you don't have love with another person on Valentine's Day, but we all have self-love. Mm. And I think it's really important to practice self-love all the time. How do you practice self-love? Um, you know, there's all kinds of ways you can do it. I just actually was reading this book about how, you know, if you're looking for love in another person, you're not going to find it because you have to find it in yourself so, first. Mm. So, um one way you could do it is actually come to a self-love event that I am doing post-Valentine's Day. Really? Um, if you are in Denver, I'm sure we can share this info about it. Yeah, yeah, somewhere. sure. Um, you know, it's February 19th. Um, we'll share the location. It's over in Dairy Block. And it's going to be a self-love and body positivity event. So just appreciating yourself for who you are, embracing your body, embracing your emotions, all of those things that... Sometimes, you know, as men and women, we don't allow ourselves to fully embrace and think about. Yeah. So we'll have, um, it's an art opening where everyone will get to participate and write a either self-love letter or a love letter to someone else. And it will create an art piece. And, um, you know, I'll be there trying to make connections and match up people and be kind of the wing woman 
that I love being. <laughs> oh, wait. So you're going to be matching people during a self-love event? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're yeah. good. <laughs> if you you're are a good. single person at this event, you'll have one color cup. And if you're a person and if you're in a relationship, you'll have a different color cup. Got it. So that people know, you know, who they can hit on and who they shouldn't. <laughs> or who they should just be friends with. Okay. So anyway, back to Valentine's Day of if you're listening to this and you are single and you're feeling hopeless or you're feeling like, you know, Ugh, Valentine's Day is just so depressing. Self-love is so important. Do something for yourself, you know, and maybe that is, you know, going out with your friends and doing something. Go to Chipotle, self-love. Yeah, go to Chipotle <laughs> and get your extra guac, you yep, know? self-love. Um, you know, maybe it's going outside and doing a hike and just being alone and embracing that. Or maybe just binging your favorite TV show. Whatever it is that you can do to show yourself self-love, I think it's important to remember that whether or not you're in a relationship on Valentine's Day. Got it. Here's a question. Is it possible to love too hard? Is that a possibility? Well, I mm. guess, like, well, piggybacking off your former statement, I guess it's not. I'm answering my own question because maybe you're just <laughs> loving the way the person it's not used to receiving love, like you're loving the mm -hmm. wrong way. So yeah, maybe that's, that's loving. Totally maybe that's loving too hard. But I ask that because or like lust versus love, infatuation, kind of all of those mm, different levels. Not necessarily. Like, is it possible to over like if you think or know someone likes a certain love language? Like, is it possible mm -hmm. for the person to ever get tired? Of, oh, you're always like, you never let me do anything. Like, I love acts of <laughs> service, but at least let me do something. You know, I feel useless, that kind of thing. Is it possible um, to overlove? You know, I think yes. And if you're overloving in the wrong way, like you kind of mentioned, then it might feel like too much. Um, just an example of two clients that I recently set up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they went on a bunch of dates. They ended up becoming exclusive. But then, um, you know, how he loved her and appreciated her was a little too much. Mm. And it actually kind of pushed her away. Mm. And that kind of goes into, um, like, people's different attachment styles in a relationship, which is probably a whole rabbit hole we don't need to go down Facts. right now. Um, but I read this book, Attached. Attached. What's the, who's the author? Um, that is a very good question, but <laughs> it's, it's called, called attach. attach. <laughs> okay, you guys go on Amazon, look for attach. <laughs> There's our shameless plug. No one's paying me to do this, by the way. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, it's been interesting uh, getting to talk to you. I mean. I don't know a whole lot about like dating relationship. This is a culture podcast, so. I'm sorry, guys, if I didn't ask questions that you guys wanted answers for, but I will have Abby's, uh, what will we have, your website or social media handles in the description? Yeah, both. Yeah, we'll have all that in the description so you guys can reach out to her personally. Uh, let me know how if you're in Denver, attend her event. Uh, do, do you want to kind of like leave the end to you if you want to plug anything, if you want to like leave some words out there for people who are going through stuff, whatever you want to do? Yeah. Um, you know, I think I would just like to tell everybody that, you know, kind of like I mentioned before, I hear all the time, you know, I should just stay single or I'm going to be single forever. And dating can feel so hopeless. And I think this all starts, like I said, with self-love. Appreciate yourself and then you can be ready for love from somebody else. 
And, you know, if you are in Denver or if you're not in Denver, um, you know, we'll have all my information. You can message me, ask me questions. Um, you know, I'm always doing dating advice and kind of getting questions for my followers on Instagram. I love answering questions and just hearing what people's complaints are is always fun. Um, and if you are in Denver, um, I offer free consultations for anyone who's interested um, just to get to know you, what you're looking for. Um, and then you can see if the service is right for you. Can we talk about pricing or that's kind of like a private conversation? Um, yeah, I can talk about a range. Um, okay. You know, it starts at $19.99 a month and it really just goes up from there, kind of depending on what you want to make it. I really like to personalize it as much as I can. So I know that's kind of vague. <laughs> Wait, 19 a month, that's before the first date or like it continues into the relationship? Kind yeah. Of so, oh, so I should explain a little bit that there are two ways to join. So uh, you can become a member where you work one-on-one -on -one with me. I set you up on dates. We, you know, do some coaching and all kinds of you know, stuff like that. And yeah. you get access to, you know, all of my different referrals. If you need anything like a personal trainer, maybe you want to get a couple sessions in before you go on a date or you want someone to pick out your first date outfits for you, Got it. you know, all that kind of stuff. So that you sign up for either six months or a year. And that starts at 1500. Mm. And then the database is the 1999 a month option. Got it. And that gets you access um, just to my pool of people. So basically, that means you're someone I've vetted that I can set up on dates. Um, and usually, most of my dates are a database to a member. Got it. Got yeah. it. All right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Abby, thank you for coming. Uh, well, really appreciate all the information you've given us, uh, us being our listeners here. Uh, so, yeah, you guys reach out to Abby. Usually, at the end of the podcast, I have this thing that I do called Endgame. Uh, where I ask people questions about like their background to deliberately like pass information about various cultures. So if you're from Uruguay or South Africa or whatever, ask you questions and people will get to say, oh, I didn't know that, that kind of thing. But given that you're here with your fiance, I, I guess I'll kind of like switch it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably pass the mic on to Kevin and give you guys oh. the opportunity to ask each other one question, maybe something you've always thought, that right, why is it? Do women do that or why do you do that? Whatever you want to do, ask each other <laughs> one question and the other person will answer. So this is Kevin. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Why do you like to keep the temperature in the house at <laughs> negative 50 degrees? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can see my breath everywhere I want. Okay, I didn't know this was she a She grew breath. up in Colorado, man. <laughs> Woman of the snow. You grew up here too. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we'll compromise on that one, you know, in light of talking about love and appreciating one another. Now you got to ask me a question. Oh, um, how, when we met, or Ooh. at what point did you know that you wanted to marry me? Oh, Damn. wow. This is being documented, man. She can come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was there a moment? Wow, that's you know I, I definitely would say it was it was gradual. It wasn't like a defining moment, um, at least that I that I can remember. But I do know that it was it was a feeling that I obviously felt really amazing after we met, and and it was all very very positive. And just eventually, um, you know, just I reached that point where I was like, yeah, I, I know that this is this is the one. But there wasn't like a defining moment like, you know, so to speak, but yeah. Well, I think that 
it's important. You proved my point, which I was hoping you would, of that people who think, you know, you go on a date and there's sparks or fireworks or this person is just going to be the one automatically. It doesn't always happen that way. It's sometimes a gradual thing. There's a buildup. Okay, pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I mean, I have all the points in my <laughs> notes right now. Are you going to apply all this to your own dating life? We didn't even get Some to talk of about it. that. My dating life is pretty uneventful. Like, what, you guys at work all the time? <laughs> what do you guys want to know? Yeah, I feel like we need to end on that. Yeah, what sure. What's dating I mean, what, life like for you? For me, yeah. um, I mean, it's pretty uneventful, to be honest. Like, I, the last couple of people I've dated, I dated for under a year. So pretty mm-hmm. short relationships. The longest relationship I've had was for maybe two years, I guess. So I haven't, like, been with anyone, like, extra long. Uh, I'm pretty practical, pretty analytical in the way I think. Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up with a military father, so... I'm not in touch. I'm not as in touch with my emotions as I should. Mm-hmm. So I'm like more like practical, like, okay, regimented, do it this way, that way. You know, this is why we do this. This is the reason behind this. That doesn't always work with women, you know, <laughs> who, are, who can be pretty intuitive, you know, and like, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been a little bit difficult for me to appeal to that side. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always like to be, oh, okay, you told me you like this. I'm going to do it to make you happy. Oh, I, I don't want you to do it to make me happy. I want you to want to do it. You know, that I you lost me there. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, uh, but yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, see, see what happens in the coming months. A new city. Uh, it sounds like we need to get you in the matchmaking. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, there, maybe, you know? maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, if you have a Renee Zellweger in your contact list, yeah. <laughs> we can speak about that. You know, we'll see, we'll see. You know, I got some connections in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, but you guys, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, wish you guys a wonderful wedding. Uh, thanks so much. Well, when are you guys getting married? Where are you guys getting married? Uh, we haven't set a definitive date. It's um, it's going to be next. Year 2021, either summer or fall, somewhere in that range. We haven't set location or anything yet. Kevin is like the number one wedding planner. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, he planned the perfect date. I'm sure he can plan the perfect wedding. Yeah, I should so. just leave it up to him, honestly. He'd do Thanks, job. this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's my corner. Appreciate this I appreciate whole podcast the was just to gas you up. It was just yeah. it was all it was all part of the plan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow Culture Class Podcasts uh, on social media. It's Culture Class Podcast everywhere. Twitter is Culture Class Pod. Send us an email, cultureclasspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Reach out directly to Abby and tell her what you think and sign up for our services. Until next week, stay safe.